How's it going, y'all? Welcome back to the Gil Podcast. This podcast is about me, Gil, and the things that I'm currently obsessed with. On today's podcast, I want to talk about something that has been running through my mind. It's the idea of how work has changed. And it's probably just me, but I have been comparing the idea of work from how it was back then to how it is now. And there has been a change, but again, it's probably not in every industry. And I might offend some people on this episode. So I want to go ahead and say that like work has changed. People don't seem to value their jobs anymore. And there's, this is like a twofold conversation. Like, obviously I know that the, there's, there's obviously a government influence in this. Like the cost of living is ridiculous. Uh, things are going up. Rent is high. Uh, mortgages, um, can't really afford to eat, take care of people, uh, your family and your loved ones. So that's, that's a factor. Like we're not going to talk about that aspect. I want to focus on the things that we can control and it is our work, the things that we do for work, the things that we even chase to do for work. Like, I even feel like that has changed. Like I remember back in the day, there was just more trades, things that people did and enjoyed and mastered. And in the neighborhood, there would be uh, several people that, you know, my family can turn to like, Hey, we need help with, you know, our car or Hey, our AC is acting up and it'll be Jill, the AC guy, uh, Sarah, the electrical woman, and they will come by whenever we needed them and help us out. We would learn from them. They will teach us, pass down this thing called tribal knowledge and just help us understand that there's so much things, so much mastery things for us to learn and appreciate. I started thinking about this a couple of months ago where I was at work, um, working with my hands, building something, putting everything piece by piece. And I have a journal of notes, things that I've done or errors or codes or anything that I have done so that I can resort back to it and say, okay, I ran into this issue back in April. This is how I resolved it. Oh, I found a new way to resolve it. Hey, let me write this down in my journal. And I'm going through my journal. I'm seeing all these machines, things that I've done in the past, things I did not understand, things I wrote down, like I got to learn how to do this. And I'll tell you and be honest and transparent here. The stuff that I didn't know maybe five months ago were so, to me, they're like a no brainer. But I didn't know. And I'm working myself to learn how to do it master it, be a asset to not only my coworkers, but also to myself, because my, the thing that I do for a living, which is, uh, I, I'm a mechanic. It's very transferable outside of work. It's easily transferable. And I quite literally, um, never leave work technically in a sense. I'm always consistently trying to figure something out. And I notice I've always had a aptitude for learning, fixing, adjusting ever since I was a kid. So to be doing this full time, it's 
it's great. Like I, I actually love it and I want to learn because the more I learn, the, the better I can be to myself, to my team and my community. Like I said, now I'm that Kevin, that Sarah person in my neighborhood where when people need particular things done, I can go ahead and be of an assistance. Now, going back to the main topic at hand, I feel like I'm like an outlier. So I was born in the, uh, <laughs> the 1900s. Well, 1989. I'm, I'm, I'm an 80s baby. So I was born in 1989. Uh, June 23rd was just my birthday. I, it was pretty awesome. I am now 34 years old. And I feel like I'm an outlier in the sense of not a lot of people in my age group care about the things that they do for a living. A lot of people tend to get jobs now. I mean, like I said before, the disclaimer, cost of living is freaking crazy. Uh, most people didn't finish college. Some people did finish college and they got screwed over. Uh, with the whole, you got to have experience or you got to have this or got to have that. So there's so many different, I would say excuses, quote unquote. I'm, I'm not shooting a video. I'm literally doing like air quotations here. And I kind of feel like there's, there's like this not so, I don't know what to say. Like they don't care because we're living in a gig economy where you can do Uber Eats, you can do uh, Handy, you can do Angie's List, you can do I mean, hell, even I wouldn't say photography, but there's a very uh, gig aspect to it. They, they can be where, hey, I need a quick headshot. All right, that'll, that'll be 500 bucks. Do a headshot, get your money. Uh, there's skill in it, but I I know people who quite literally just treat their photography business as like a production. I mean, not a, I mean, obviously it is a production cup, but they treat it like a mill, like a like how, how a farmer gets the cow from, I'm calling clients cows. They get the client in, or they get the cow in, then they do what they do, uh, you know, skin it and cut it into pieces and ship it off. And it, it's all on a conveyor belt and it, it's all systematically designed like step by step. There are a lot of photographers who do that and it's great they're making billions and billions of dollars like they have people who do that and it's very work oriented but what i mean by work i don't even want to call it traditional call me old-fashioned but working with your hands and creating uh like patterns and memory and muscle memory it feels good and don't get me wrong you're talking to somebody who edits podcasts for clients, who edits photos, and who does a lot of stuff with, with their computer, camera. I do know that editing photos and videos, you know, coding, writing code, it's, it's work. And it does have muscle memory. But I just don't know if that idea of work is comparable to um, the thing that I said earlier, like, you know, the, I just know, I, I just, I'm having trouble trying to describe what I'm trying to say, because I don't want to offend anybody. 
And I've got a, I have a lot of friends who write code. I have a really good friend of mine who does email marketing. Um, I have a sister, a cousin who just stays on the computer all day managing like million dollar companies. They work their butts off, but there is also a lack of, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Pride in their work. Like, I'm not going to say that I love my job, but I love doing my job because I consistently can get better. I can consistently um, be, a, be a better. It fills me up solving a problem, helping somebody else, learning from someone else, getting this tribal knowledge from someone else, going online, calling up a friend or calling up somebody else on Reddit. Hey, I ran into this issue uh, with this machine and reading old Reddit forms. It feels so not like early 2000s. Like it's, I can't explain it. Hey, I ran into this issue. What, what do I do here? Oh, cool. Just do this, do that. Hey, do, how do you run this diagnostic? It feels really good. And I feel like nowadays jobs, like I said before, they're like temporary. Nobody's really nobody's really willing to invest the time or develop or master their job. Like it's not appealing like to it's okay. It's not appealing to master um a particular job. And I feel like they pay more. I feel like nowadays people are getting paid hell of a lot more to do I wouldn't say basic stuff, but to do the most mundane thing. And one of the great equalizer that I feel like if you went to school and got your degree and you are, that's, that's work. Like people who went to school, studied, got their degree and they're working in their field that they studied in. Yeah, that's, that's literally it. But I know most people who got a degree, studied, and working in their field, and then they're done. They're no longer trying to learn. They're no longer trying to get more certificates. They're no longer trying to get more accreditations or grow within that particular field. They're like, I, I went to school for four years, two years, six years. I'm done. I just want to go on a golf course, get a drink on the weekend. I'm not trying to build or grow. A couple of years ago, I sat down in a mechanic class and there's this guy he he has done so many things he lived in africa he lived in the submarine he's a nuclear warhead mechanic he's done he worked at a nuclear plant he's worked with uh so many different things he worked in the military helped defuse bombs and he had a vast knowledge about a lot of things and just hearing him talk and talk and talk, telling stories, uh, every, every instance that we had, as far as like troubleshooting, um, the stuff that we, stuff that, that we were working on, he had a story attached to it and it just lit him up how he would run into, we would run into a problem. Hey, I ran into the same problem while I was in Brazil. Well, I was there during this thing and I met this soccer player and I helped light the whole city after this storm and you know we we did this and we did that and it just was so 
rewarding. And I started thinking to myself, like a lot of times when I run into some uh, issues, either at home, my family, my friends, that me helping them solve that problem becomes a story. It becomes, I become a lot closer to said family, said friend. It's like, I was a part of that. They had an issue and I helped resolve it. It feels good. And I only, and I know, cause I used to fix computers back in the day. Oh, that was like my trade. I used to, um, do the whole, Hey, I'll remove viruses from, from your laptop, from your desktop. I remember there was this one, uh, family friend, probably like 17, 18. She had an issue with her desktop. It was like a compact computer. If you, if you remember that, and she had no audio. She just bought speakers, plugged them up into the uh, ports. So she she bought brand new speakers and she she said the computer wasn't working. Like it worked before with the old speakers. Now the old speakers and the new speakers don't work. So I started just like running through my mind. And then I remember I ran into this issue a couple of years prior. I said, oh, well, maybe the driver's just bad. We just got to update the drivers. And um, at the time I had a... Metro PCS, and I had the ability to uh, tether, Wi-Fi tether um, internet from my Metro PCS phone to my laptop. I had a Dell laptop, it's like a Windows laptop, a Dell Latitude D630. It had like four gigs of RAM <laughs> and like maybe a, uh, maybe like a, a gigabyte hard drive or something like that. So, uh, on the way, on the way to the client's home, um, cause she called me, she's like, Hey, this, this, and that. I was like, you know what? That's probably what it is. And on the way there, I'm downloading the drivers for her lap, her particular laptop or just all compact. I think I just went ahead and just downloaded uh, all the compact drivers just in case. And I got there, uploaded the, uh, the driver to her computer and we were good to go. And it just was pretty cool. I don't know if there's anything like that, that happens in most jobs now. I don't think so. I don't know if people care for that. I was reading a post from a friend of mine on social media and it was a very interesting post. He, he posted something in regard, like it said, um, I'm so done with this hustle culture. All I want to do is just sleep. Let's make that cool. Like hustle culture is not cool. Um, and I just was really interested to know because this person in particular is a notorious whining, complaining. He, he probably is never going to listen to this, but he is, uh, notoriously known for not putting in the work, not working hard at anything, always comparing and contrasting him, his life to other people and saying, Oh, I would have done this instead. I don't, I just don't like that. I just want to chill all day. He's a music artist. I just want to chill all day, smoke and, uh, you know, one day my music, my, one day my music, my, one day my music is gonna hit, or just not do anything. And it's it's like 
there's 30,000 more of these people times 20. 30,000 times 20. 600,000. It's probably more than that. There's probably untinth thousand of that, of those people, men and women. And when things, you know, hit the fan, they're the first ones to complain and want people to fix it. Oh, FPNL needs to get here. Uh, my power is out. Well, if the next generation of people are like you, it's going to like fade out a lot of um, FPNL. They're called, uh, forget what they called them, uh, but the people who used to get on the power line and work on the power line during the storm land. Land, not land surveyor. It's at the tip of my tongue. I can't get it. But I know there's like slowly but surely there's this culture of people that just don't want to work hard at anything. And I know for a fact that a lot of the stuff that I have in front of me, like literally my computer monitor roadcaster pro my microphone with my blue uh windscreen on there my video light my home my house i worked for it it was an idea and i dealt with adversity i dealt with a lot of stuff but i learned you know i learned and i applied learned applied deal with the problem learn it master it and do it over and over again but with this gig culture, this whole Uber Eats, Instagram, downloading Snapchat, it's, you know, a, a podcast, there's like so many different podcasts nowadays, just spreading misinformation and, and just distracting, distracting you from like really learning and being an authentic human being with you, with your own authentic thoughts although they might be incomplete like mine or uh, indecisive, you have the right to just learn and develop who you are and set that in stone. But instead, you have people just letting social media dictate how they should feel. And in this case, there's this wave of don't work hard. I didn't really like the uh, the hustle culture um, vibe too. I know it's going to sound like contradictory, but that was not healthy and it was very uh, misleading you had people like gary v telling people hustle 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 i mean i'm not gonna lie i've bought every gary v gary v book i've not, not every but i remember when he first started i bought like so all of his stuff i was in his like master class i i remember like traveling a lot you know, getting paid to do shoots or podcasts and listening to uh, Gary V for like hours. It was like Gary V 2.0 or something like that. He he had an audio book. I would listen to it. He was the man. But honestly, he wasn't not really saying anything. And where I was, where I got to in my um, freelancing career, content creator career, whatever you want to call it, that hustle culture kind of just was like, okay, this is, this is nuts. This is not for me. I'm past that. You know, this is 
probably for like young Gil to just get him, you know, electrified and just excited about work and the possibilities. Now I need to like create structure. So I'm listening to like Myron Golden, you know, they just have like other positive, more mature <laughs> and I wouldn't even say more mature, but just more centered. Myron Golden, he is a really good inspiration for me right now because kind of just brings me back to my roots, you know? Um, but yeah, going back to the main topic, and I always say this, like the zombie apocalypse, it's always a metaphor, but quite literally here, it's, it's for face value. If we're in a zombie apocalypse or an AI apocalypse, which is the AI apocalypse is more of a reality than the zombie apocalypse in the sense that majority of tasks that are a lot of tasks that we would normally need a person to, you know, facilitate or finalize it's is being done with chat GPT. It's great. I love it. I, I use AI tools all the time. I just shot a, a baby shower for a client and I use a app called image AI, um, a couple of weeks ago and it edited all of the photos, straightened, brightened, cropped in and all that other cool stuff. And it saved me so much time. Quite literally, I let it call, which is like go through all the images, delete all the ones that are bad, take away the ones that people are blinking. Like it, that's just called culling. It, it called all the bad images, selected the good ones, and then edited the good ones. And then I just was like, okay, cool. Let me touch some stuff up. But it did that. It took forever, but I was able to let it do that and go watch the flash with my wife, which was fantastic. Uh, but let's just go, let's just say this. What if AI does start replacing a lot of jobs or tasks that we would normally pay people for? What would we, what would we do now? Like, what would we do? Like, I, I say this to a lot of my friends and I feel like if you're listening, you understand and you're probably a friend of mine. So listen to this. What skills do you have that AI can't do? I said that to somebody and like, yeah, but you know, AI is going to take your job. I'm like, yeah, of course. But at least the job or the thing that I know how to do or the things that I know how to do, which is a lot and I'm still learning, at least they enable me to survive. And it's not, I'm not even like flexing. Oh, I know how to use a wrench. Like, no, I mean, I asked a, a really good friend of mine. I was like, where are we right now? And she's like, I have no idea. I was like, if you, I was like, if I told you to go east, where would you go? She's like, I have no idea. And I was like, well, that's a problem. Like, do, do you not know that the beach is on the east coast? We're on like, we're right now on the east coast of Florida. She's like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> She's like, that's why I need a man to, uh, <laughs> to tell me what all of that means. And it's not even just women. It's also fellas too, uh, gentlemen. There's a bevy of, I would even say just information that is out there that you can learn while you're working. 
I was working at a, what is that called? The Miami subs. I was about like 19 years old and I could not work in the kitchen. I always was sweat. I sweat my butt off. Uh, and they were like, okay, we can't have you in the kitchen. We can't have your sweat all over the client's food, clearly. <laughs> so they set me off to um, do deliveries. So I'm driving my car, going to people's apartments, using MapQuest, delivering food, which, which was great. It was, it was a good deal. And I came back one night, coming back to uh, the store to pick up another order. And one of the co one of my coworkers, what was her name? It was like, it wasn't Constantine. It was Contestus or something like that. She drove a Chrysler 300. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, what is, what is it? She had her boyfriend out there. He was one of those, he, he looked like one of those guys like, oh wow, this guy could, should, could be on TV. Like he could play a, a good um, leading role in a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> He could play like a decent, um, a decent actor, you know, handsome guy. Um, he was wearing a wife beater. Is that what they call it? I don't even know what they call it. I, I, I'm, I don't know how to call it in, in English. I call it a chemisette in Creole. Like me and my wife, that's what we call it. A tank top. I guess you'd call it a tank top, but whatever. He was wearing that and he was next to her car. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is so frustrating. I was like, well, what's wrong, Constantine? Whatever her name was. And she said, um, my tire is flat. Oh, well, that sucks. Do you have a spare? She's like, no, I don't got money for no spare. I was like, no, there's, there's, there's like a spare tire in most cars. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I was like, yeah, there should be a spare tire in your trunk. You know, just, just, you know, and tell your boyfriend to, uh, remove the bad tire and, um, put the new tire on there, you know, with the, with the spare tire. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I'll tell him. So she goes ahead and tells him, and I'm looking at my orders. I'm inside the Miami sub and she steps out. The door closes back is turned. I'm just looking at my next order. My like, oh, crap. This is like a little bit out of my way. And I hear a little commotion outside. And I turn around and I see her like, just like screaming. And he's like, I don't know what, the, what they're like, kind of like not yelling at each other, but they're more so they're both frustrated. And I go outside and I say, Hey, what's, what's the commotion about? I didn't say that, but I'm like, what's going on now? Y'all <laughs> I said, what, what's up? Like, it's not a hard thing. I couldn't understand. And I wanted to, it frustrates me when things, things that should be a specific way isn't. And it, I was kind of frustrated. I was like, why is this a big deal? Why are you guys making so much noise? So they got the trunk open and it's like, there's no spare tire. I told you I got no spare tire in the trunk. And I was like, no, there's like, there's, it's like a false bottom on the truck. And now, and, and it boggled my mind. I'm like, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that there should be. It's like a, like a fake, uh, bottom. You, you know what I'm talking about. And you just lift it up and there's your spare tire and your jack and whatever other tools you might need to 
jack the car up and the, the whatever on the crowbar, whatever the case is. So I said, hey, excuse me, let me show you where he's at. And I'll lift up the false bottom. And um, they're like, oh, wow. I had no idea there was a spare tire in here. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, just, you know, put it on there. And I'm, my mind is running because I'm like, all right, it's like damn near nine o'clock. The store closes in like an hour or 30. This delivery is probably like 30, 40 minutes away. By the time I come back, I can't do like one more order. I got to get ready to leave to go home. And I'm just walking away. And, you know, Constantine and her boyfriend, Constantine looked at her boyfriend and they mumbled something. He mumbled something and I'm walking inside. So I go inside and she comes back. She comes inside the store and says, hey, uh, so do you know how to change a tire? I say, yeah. Well, why can't, you know, your boyfriend do it? Because I see what she's asking me. Oh, he doesn't know how to do it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll, 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 sh- I'll show you guys how to do it. And um, I got back out there and I changed her tire for her. While the boyfriend was <laughs> not even on looking, just didn't want to do it. And then I think at the end, he said something along the lines of like, I don't, I don't, don't, I don't even be trying to do all that day. I'm trying, I thought all I do is get money. Like that's his, that was his, uh, response. And I'll never forget that. Every time I look at it, uh, I still have her on social media, but every time I see a crash of 300, especially a silver one, I think about that instance where this guy didn't know how to change his girlfriend's tie, but he knew how to get money, which was fantastic, you know? But it's like, I remember my father who was, was blind before his, his eyesight got worse. He made sure to show me how to change the tire. I used to do a spark plug. I used to change my spark, my parents spark plug in their Chrysler. It was like a, a Plymouth. It was a Dodge Plymouth. We used to, I used to change the spark plugs. There was like a hardware store that was like a bop, not a f- bop, which is a Florida slang word for a distance. It was a few, a few, not that far. I used to ride my bike there and get spark plugs for the van. Used to get like, well, we, used to, we used to do a lot. Um, my my house, my parents' house is pretty old. We used to use bulbs for um, the, the circuit breaker. Um, the old houses used to do that. So we used to get bulbs if the part of the house would go out or if the, sh- the bulbs would go bad, we would just replace them. Outlets, we'd replace the outlets. So it was like through circumstances. It's not that it was like, well, today, Gil, you're going to learn this. It was like, no, this thing happened. We're going to fix it. And it just kind of boggled my mind because I'm like, well, how many flat tires have I encountered as a child? But a lot, you know, my parents would buy used tires and you know, the tires would go bad or they'd drive over a nail and you would, you know, pluck the tire out, to pluck the nail out, plug it, you know, go somewhere, put air in it, uh, lift up the car and take the old, take the old tire. It was just something I did. It was tribal knowledge passed down from my father to me. And I think about how Constantine's boyfriend maybe 
all he did was get money and never had to run into a flat tire. I'm not saying that these are things that you need to know how to do, but those things introduce so much more uh, knowledge and experience that can be transferable into a multitude of things. Lifting up a car, understanding the car weights and weight distribution, working on the car, uh, just, just different types of tires, different type of bolts to bolt the tire on, axles, brakes. There's so much, and and I kind of feel like that type of knowledge or willingness to learn is no longer in existence. And I just don't want people to think I'm just like, well, you don't know anything, you suck, because you work with your computer. Like, no, there's there's obviously a group of people who just don't give a damn. I know several guys who just don't care. They're they're like Constantine's boyfriend. They just get money, and that's fine, because there's always a sense of work in most things. I I don't know if selling drugs. Um, there. I mean, like I guess there's some like work ethic in there, but I just I don't know if that is like a something that you want to do and be proud of, and pass down to your children. You know, and the things, the thing is that that's not a life skill. Feeding off of people, uh, succeeding off of people's uh, weaknesses and hurting the community, it's not something that you want to pass down to your kids or share. But, you know, cleaning carpet, washing cars, cutting grass, changing a car tire, working on a computer, building a computer. Doing stuff with your hands, there is something that is very magical. Braiding hair. There is this trance, this thing that happens when you lift up a hammer, lift up a comb, and doing this thing over and over and over again, getting better, getting faster. There's this thing where it's like there is no computer spec that gets in the way. There's no camera speed SD card. It's just you, the person, the material, whatever you're working on. It's just that. And you can master that. You can master braiding hair. You can master cutting hair. There's skill in that. Of course, like there's skill in editing video. I can edit a video and learn all the shortcuts and do all that stuff, but but so can somebody who literally watches a YouTube video today. They can edit a whole masterpiece. Casey Neistat, uh, I think the his HBO specials and his movies, they used to be edited on iMovie, on like an old iMac. There's, I'm not saying that he wasn't skillful, but I'm just saying that it's not the end of the world to just edit with InShot. InShot for iPhone is far more superior than iMovie that uh, Casey Neistat used back in the day. Meaning, what I mean is anybody can edit. If you have an idea, you can do it with social media, with all these apps. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, uh, I guess to like sum it up, um, work has changed and I feel like people 
should be more prideful about the things that they're doing for a living. And if you aren't prideful, if you aren't willing to share, if you aren't doing the thing that you do full-time outside of work, I mean, it's okay to escape, but I feel like you should find that thing that you really, really, really like to do because you are literally wasting space and somebody else could be doing your job, but instead you're holding it for a paycheck, which is fine. But there's somebody out there who, who needs the paycheck and who needs that self gratification, that the feeling of I'm doing this because I love it. I'm doing this because I like it. To, I love to learn. You're doing it because eh, it's the job I applied for it. Eh, who cares? You're in the way of, of like life. There's this thing that you can't get in the way of destiny. You're, you're, you're blocking somebody from doing the thing that they love and you're just doing it because eh, who cares? <laughs> All right. Yeah. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Um, it's been a minute, <laughs> I know, but, uh, yeah, let me know what you think. I might be just talking crazy, but all in all, hope you had a great one. Um, if you have any questions, if you want to debate me, let's debate. But yeah, I love to uh, hear what you guys think about this episode. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and all that. I am, yes, I am still dropping my urban word search book. Uh, coming out soon, I'm adding more words. I think currently I have 466 words, which is a lot. And I want it to be a lot. Um, I'm also adding a... A glossary to it, but more importantly, uh, a map of where the words originated from. Most of the words are more like based in the South, but you have a lot of words that like are formulated in Philly, California, New York. Um, but a majority of the words do come from like, like Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, be sure to, if you're into photography, content creation, go to gildormius.com slash book and get my photography word search book. That one is still in print. That one is still doing well. Uh, it means a lot when people get it because I keep forgetting that it's there and I get like a picture every once in a while, like, Hey, thanks for the book. Your book is amazing. I'm like, Oh, well, I forgot. All right. Um, thank you so much. I'll see y'all on the next episode. Peace.